Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Jim, you had an idea that it would normally be a Jimmy-sode, but it encompasses something that we've been talking about on and off. And I think it's a good idea for both of us to come together because you tend to watch more TV shows. I tend to watch more movies. So when we try to come up with subjects, it's difficult to find something that we've both seen. So let's talk about TV and movies. You are absolutely correct, Mike. I initially conceived of this episode idea as a Jimmy-sode because of my own recent binge-watching of stuff. Yo, we are a podcast that talks about the best and worst in movies and TV, and I wanted to pit them against each other in this episode. Movies versus television. Ding, ding, ding! Woohoo! So like you just said, we have different approaches. So like the first off, preference-wise, you generally watch more movies. I generally watch more TV shows, which makes picking a topic for an individual podcast episode difficult. But why do you watch more movies? Is there a reason? I think historically it's been that I just didn't have the availability to watch TV shows. I say I probably went for about 15 or so years of my life only being able to watch movies because that's all I had available to me. And that's why I have such a large DVD collection because I would just go buy movies that I thought or knew that I would like because I just watch them over and over again. And that is really what got me into watching movies repetitively because I started to learn to like to do that and I just didn't have access to TV shows and now I have all this access to TV shows but I'm so far behind on everything I don't even know where to begin and the time constraint is also an issue and memory constraint (laughs) (laughs) during the week I have so much to do that I maybe could watch a couple episodes a night of something but then when, by the time I get around to watching it again, I forgot what happened. And so it's hard to, to keep up with stuff and really have a full understanding of what's going on. Unless I can binge it on a weekend. That's my side of things. Why do you prefer TV over movies? I guess a lot of times it comes back to story and character development. And generally speaking, I think that TV shows, because they have more time can tell long-form stories and do more character development. And that's why I think I have a tendency to watch more TV shows, which is, again, a generic statement because not all characters need development and not all stories need a lot of plot development. I was just about to say that. Generally speaking, if I find a story idea that sounds interesting to me and some characters that are interesting to me, I find that you get to luxuriate to a certain extent in a TV show and and go into it. Whereas in a movie, for the most part, you got a very limited amount of time, which we'll come back to later, to tell the story and do whatever you want with the characters in the movie, where you could potentially have more time with a TV show. 
the time-wise commitment thing is weird. I mean, I make weird time-based decisions. I actually have more free time than you. I make weird decisions where, like, I'll say, oh, I don't want to sit down and watch that two-hour movie. And then instead, I, like, binge-watch a season of a TV series, which is, like, six or seven hours. So I, it's completely illogical. If I, I try to say that I'm doing it for time reasons, but you binge-watch a television show, that's still going to take you more time than watching a movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I watch a fair amount of both, but there's a big sizable difference in terms of, I definitely watch a lot more TV shows than movies. It could also be, I mean, you're a lot more cerebral than I am. And you tend to watch the types of TV shows that take a lot of thought. Whereas I'm usually, if I'm watching a TV show or I'm watching a movie, I'm looking at for entertainment to kind of get away from thought. So that might play into it as well, where I sitting and just clearing my mind watching a two hour movie, hour and a half, two hour movie versus piecing together 20 episodes of a TV season and then thinking about how everything fit together is less enjoyable to me than just the quick watch of a movie. That makes sense. If I'm looking for just some basic entertainment, I would be more inclined to reach for a movie, especially if it's something I haven't seen yet. Sometimes I'll just watch a couple of episodes of a TV show that I've seen before just to have it sort of on in the background or just for entertainment purposes. But if I actually want to just enjoy something, I might just try to watch a movie I haven't seen before and not really think too much about it. But yeah, a series by almost default, I do have a tendency to look, pay more attention to it and look for it to be more interesting, which is why I'm also often disappointed by the storytelling in them. But yeah, there's a lot of movies that are definitely more entertainment in the short term than than a TV show would be. Yeah, but then you run into a lot of issues where something is, you watch a movie and you're like, well, that was going somewhere, but then it cut off and, you know, where's the rest of it? Why didn't they expand on this and that? Oh, because then it would have been a five-hour movie or a TV series. You're watching, you're like, well, they really struggle to find anything. Why couldn't they just shorten it up and make it a movie? And that's one of the things I come back to a lot is which way would have been the better way to do this thing? And I, I come up, I come across this often and I don't mean to pick on Netflix, but it just seems like a lot of Netflix original content. It's a lot of times where I'll watch a Netflix original series and think, why wasn't that just a movie? And I'll watch a Netflix original movie and be like, why wasn't that a TV series? So just as a few examples, and these also are from last year, from 2020, there was a movie called The Old Guard, which I think you saw The Old Guard, right? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it as well. And that's an example of, I kind of wish that was a series and not just a movie. I fully agree. Yeah, they started on a lot of threads that could have been really interesting, but they had to cut them short. And I think it would have been a really interesting TV series, but I don't know if I would have watched it if it was a TV series. Yes, exactly. That comes back to like you were saying, but like for me, it's like, especially a, uh, a movie like that, where there's like a world, a wor world building or universe building that seems big because not everything has that, but there seemed to be like a, a world or universe within that show that also stretched back in time because it was kind of like historical ish. And then the characters are like, Oh, you know, that backstory for those characters, I wish we had spent a little bit more time on that. But in order to do that, 
you would kind of need a TV show, but they had to shorten it up because of the yeah. movie. So I liked it as a movie, and they may be doing a sequel, which we can come back to later, but I, that was one of the ones I wished had been a TV series instead of a movie. And just to complete with another Netflix example, I don't think you saw Netflix series The Queen's Gambit. No, I watched, it wasn't a, tra- it was like, it was on Netflix and how it kind of starts playing a part of it to try to get you to watch it. Yeah. And I watched that part of it and went, well, that looks stupid <laughs> and changed it. <laughs> a lot of people have tried to convince me that that was the best TV show of 2020. I completely disagree. It was a technically, I guess, a mini series because there were only seven episodes. But, oh my God, I had to force myself to finish watching it, even though it was only seven episodes. It was, especially the first couple of episodes, it was so slow and just so excruciating. And again, and this is probably the difference, I was not invested in the character. I was not interested in the story. Yeah. So it's like, it was so difficult for me to get through it. And it took me weeks to finish watching that show. And there's only seven episodes. So, I mean, I couldn't even force myself to binge watch it. Like, all the episodes came out at once. So it wasn't like a week-by-week thing. They were all there. I just had no interest in watching them. (laughs) Well, I think that goes into another, a whole other thing that we don't really need to get into. But it seems like the whole quarantine COVID thing over the last year has brought into light or, or brought a lot of just really weird, bland TV shows that everybody thinks are awesome because they're really good background, don't really need to pay attention to it, but it's something that's on. Yeah, or for that matter, they might be watching some things that they might not otherwise have watched because they have more free time. And they think it's awesome, but they only think it's awesome because they don't realize that there's way better shows out there. Possibly, yeah. So I think there it has led to people spending more time with some pieces of content that they probably wouldn't have consumed otherwise. And maybe also kind of in a vacuum of not be able to talk through it with other people or watch it with other people <laughs> Yeah, might also have played into that a lot. So, I mean, for people who are listening who love The Queen's Gambit, I did end up liking the show. I did finish all seven episodes. Again, I can understand if you really were invested in the character, you would definitely enjoy it a lot more. I thought it was good, but it didn't need to be a series. I really wish we could switch those two examples I used. I really wish that The Old Guard had been a seven-episode miniseries and The Queen's Gambit had been like a two-hour movie. You could have done both very well doing it that way. The Queen's Gambit did not need to be seven episodes. I haven't seen The Queen's Gambit, so I can't say one way or the other, but it just looked horribly boring for me. Yeah, it wasn't very interesting. I mean, I love the game of chess, and it it still wasn't very interesting to me. I had a a hard time getting into it, which, again, it's the same thing for, for lots of people. Yeah. If it was something I was looking for, something that would make me think about things, it looks like it would be a very interesting one. But for somebody that's just looking for entertainment, I don't think it would have been good for me. No, it definitely wouldn't be. So those are just two easy examples. Do you have any other examples of like that was one way but should have been the other way? We'll see what comes of it coming up, but I don't even know how long ago it was. Sometime last year, you had brought up The Warrior Nun. Ah, yes. Another Netflix original, I think. Yeah, I'd say that's on Netflix too. 
And you told me that I should at least give it a try to watch it. And I started trying to watch it after you told me. I think I got about four or five episodes in, maybe. And I was like, you know, this is going a really interesting direction. But it's so drawn out. And the acting isn't great. And it seemed low budget. And so I just lost interest in it. I actually just finished watching it this morning. Last night I decided I was scrolling through looking at something that I should probably finish and I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finish this and see where it goes. And it's, as I told you before, (laughs) it's almost not bad. It's, there's a lot of possibility in the story, but they, to make it, it's only 10 episodes for that season. And to pull it out into those 10 episodes, they just, they had to expand on so many things that didn't really need expanded on. That would have been a really good, like, well, I don't know, really good, but it would have been better as like a two and a half hour movie. I would agree. Yeah, I ended up, after recommending it to you when I was watching the beginning of it, I ended up not liking it after finishing it. And I agree with the story that they told. It could have just been a two and a half hour movie. They could have told the same story. And stripped out the parts that didn't need to be there. It does have, unfortunately, like you said, it's almost not bad because it does have a potential big world and story inside of it and maybe some backstory and maybe some future stuff going on. I think there's going to be another season. It still might not have been any better than almost good or almost not bad, but it would have been better done as a a movie and not a television series. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think The Old Guard is a prime example. I'm glad you brought that one up. And I don't know. It's tough to say. I think there's a a lot of movies that have interesting premises that could be an interesting series, but I like them as movies still. And actually, I see you kind of brought one of those up, actually. You brought 12 Monkeys into it. Yeah, I put that down there because I believe you've You've seen the movie, right? That is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, but you you have not seen the series? I have not. It's it's on my ever-expanding I should probably watch this series list, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. I don't know if you would like the series. I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie. I liked the movie. I really enjoyed what they did with the series because that's on my list of examples of something. It was done both ways, but I enjoyed it more as a TV show than as a series because the TV show has a lot of the starts out with a lot of the same characters and a lot of the same basic story. But they immediately need to start making changes because they stretch it out and make a, a different and expanded story out of it. So it almost immediately departs from the movie. So even for people who have not seen either, you wouldn't need to watch the movie before you saw the TV show. If you did see the movie, you might be a little bit confused and maybe not like the TV show because it is different. But I really like the story and what they did with it in the TV series and that's a good example of one I prefer the TV show. Again, I liked the movie, but I thought the TV show was so much better. Yeah. I think that would be a good example of why we watch what we watch. I think if you were to stretch it out for a series, it would really be able to dive into the cognitive parts of it. You know, why are they doing this and, and what is causing this and, and all those 
things that they kind of skip over in the movie. They, they give you just enough to be like, oh, okay, I'll accept it. But in a series, they'd be able to dive into that more. And if you like that kind of storytelling, you definitely like the TV show more. But if you just want something that's that's compact and tells you a story and then it's over, you're going to like the movie better. And in, and both have time travel as part of the storytelling premise. Well, if they didn't, then it wouldn't really <laughs> be the same story at well, all. Well, I'm just being just in general in terms of people who haven't seen either. Oh, yeah. So there's a storytelling premise in 12 Monkeys. It's kind of like a one-shot attempt to fix something is how I would greatly oversimplify the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the television series gets all timey-wimey because it shows them repeatedly trying to fix something and it doesn't work and it changes the timeline and they're like what the fuck and they try it again and it doesn't work again so it it gets all timey-wimey time travel is a subgenre of science fiction as a take it or leave it thing for some people it definitely goes much further down the rabbit hole as a television series than it does as a movie that's probably why you like it more too, because you're much more of a sci-fi guy than I am. Whereas the movie is much is more of an action movie with sci-fi elements. Yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. Yes, the the sci-fi is just sort of an ex, not an excuse, but a framework for what is really an action movie, somewhat psychological, but mostly an action movie. And the television series definitely plays much more into the sci-fi part of the story and that's why i think again you would see some of the same characters and it would kind of it i don't know it's four seasons it's not a very long show i think it's well done and had a a satisfying conclusion i don't think you would not like it i think you would just lose interest yeah so if you're like hmm yes the science behind time travel and what happens when you use it if you're like that watch the tv series if you're like show up punch you in the face time travel then watch the movie. <laughs> exactly. All right. Another one that's in that sort of same category of it started as a movie and became a TV show. I don't think you've seen... Did you ever see Stargate, the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking that that means you did not like it? <laughs> I was kind of half forced to watch it a handful of times, or at least parts of it. I don't know if I ever actually watched the whole thing. Yeah, I found it incredibly boring. It's not a great movie. I mean, it has Kurt Russell and James Spader in it. It's a decent movie, and it's also another one of those movies that has a sci-fi premise to set up an action movie. I like the movie. It's okay, but it spawned a massive television franchise inadvertently. So basically, after the movie came out and it was meh, mildly popular... Two different people tried to make a television series out of it, and both of their pitches got rejected. But the studio was like, you know what? Why don't you two guys get together? We don't like either one of your ideas of how to turn this into a television show. Why don't you work together and come back to us with a combined pitch? And that's what they did. And they created uh, what went on to become a massive television franchise. There were uh, a show called Stargate SG-1 which had 10 seasons of a television show, had two spin-off shows, Atlantis and Universe, and had a whole series of made-for-TV movies that continued the story of the original television series. That show 
kind of sort of need to have watched the movie first because the pilot for the television series picks up from where the movie left off. But it then massively expands the universe and then turns it into a an interesting television series. It had a premise, which is why two different guys were working on it, had a premise that almost begged turn this into a TV series because if you like sci-fi, it's like, oh, there's this thing that takes you to other planets. So it was like, it was like almost tailor-made for explore this universe a lot more, whereas the movie just used that as sort of a reason to have an action movie. So it's basically Star Trek with portals. Star Trek with portals. I'm going to go ahead and after you described how many different versions and everything, I'm just going to crumple those all up into a ball and throw them in the I'm never going to have enough time or interest to watch those bin. Oh, yeah, you would never be able to watch the Stargate SG-1 front. Like I said, the, the the main show has 10 seasons, so... What, are you saying I'm too stupid? Well, no, I mean, the time commitment. Like you said, you can't... Yeah. You don't want to watch that. It's not... The show's not cerebral. It's not that. I mean, it's not dumbed down either. This is a massive amount of content. So you're not going to watch 10 seasons of a TV show and two spin-off shows and a bunch of movies. Right. You're struggling even getting through four seasons of Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) You know, I'm actually to a point that I don't remember if I finished it or not. I know I was really close and I went to start watching it again. I started kind of scrolling through the episodes. I'm like, wait, did I already see that one? I don't remember if I watched that or not. It also is a, a, a category of television I think also doesn't appeal to you. Like 12 Monkeys is not like this. 12 Monkeys has a single story that is told all the way through four seasons. Stargate SG-1 starts to become more of a formulaic show. Yeah. I mean, there's a story for each season, but it starts to kind of become like the sci-fi adventure of the week type of procedural type show. I want to come back to that. But before we come back to that, I brought up Star Trek, and I think that's interesting because you're a Star Trek fan. TV series versus the movies. I want to come back to that, too, because later we're going to talk about does it have to be one versus the other? And Star Trek is a good example of that. It also could be a good example of of the next topic. But before we move on to that, I intentionally didn't put Star Trek down on my outline because it's it's going to open up a whole can of worms. It's like we're going to only scratch the surface (laughs) on Star Wars. I mean, and and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, there's so many things we're going to mention very briefly in this episode that if we don't stop ourselves, just spirals off into its own three-hour conversation. (laughs) Right. But one last thing before we move on, and again, this is the other slippery slope more generically, is superheroes. A lot of times we've talked about superhero stuff on the show. I had down in, in this section, The Watchmen. Yeah. I really liked the movie, but just like with almost anything superhero, my initial response is, I wish that was a series. I say that about pretty much everything that's a superhero thing. <laughs> so when I saw The Watchmen, I was like, that was a good movie. I really wish it was a series because it was a lot more going on. There's like a backstory, something that happened before the events of that movie. Maybe we could have spent some more time with those characters. It seems like there's more going on, but it was still a good movie. But then they made a series and you didn't really like the series. Exactly. But <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is like for me, it's like if the original movie had been a series, then the thing that they made a series out of could have been like the final season of the series. Because the television series that they made was kind of set in the future. I don't know if you could call it a continuation. It's actually also kind of weird. 
It continues the story of the graphic novel, whereas the movie didn't exactly do the exact same story of the graphic novel. Right. So they don't line up perfectly, but they're similar enough that you can say that's the same thing and in the same universe. Yeah. But I think the entire thing would have been better as a TV series. I won't necessarily disagree with you, but that kind of goes into something you want to talk about later, so maybe I'll swing back to that. Okay. I didn't like the series, which also was like a once-and-done thing. I don't think they have any plans to do more than one season of it. They hadn't planned on it, but they still might. Just because it was so popular and it's getting awards attention and stuff like that. And like you said, it's it's a world, so it'd be easy to keep building on that world. Exactly. Like, for example, the TV series that I didn't like, I liked Dr. Manhattan. I really liked Dr. Manhattan as a character, so I really enjoyed the Dr. Manhattan part of the television series. So again, just in general, superheroes... I usually like to see things get explored more. Yeah. Which we'll come back to some other examples, but go ahead. I think generally for this, for me anyways, if it is a story that builds on a world, generally I'm going to say it's probably going to be better as a series. But if it's something that's like an action that it ends up being becoming repetitive, like you were saying, it, it kind of has a formula and it goes, does the same thing over and over and over again. I like those better as movies and like comedies, usually better as movies because otherwise they become formulaic and there, there's, there's things that like Big Bang Theory, I know some people really like it, some people don't like it. I love Big Bang Theory. I think that's a good as a series because there wasn't necessarily a formula to it. They had repeated jokes, but there wasn't a formula. Things kept changing, but then you get into other versions, it ends up being the same thing over and over again. It gets really boring really fast. It varies, but sitcoms, generally speaking, are a lot more formulaic. Yeah, and then you get into, like, same, like with action things, like, I started trying to watch Supernatural, because I hear so much about it all the time, Ugh. and I'm like, it's literally the same, I mean, I didn't get that far into it, I hear it gets different as it goes on, but it was almost exactly the same every episode. Yeah, and that's kind of like the formulaic thing that I think you wouldn't like. Yeah. I didn't watch all of Supernatural. I watched the first couple of seasons, three or four seasons. I started to lose interest in the show because, among other things, it started to become incredibly formulaic. Mm -hmm. You know, monster a week, bad guy of the season, and it was pretty much the same. It was just the same story over and over and over again. Right. So, yeah, I, I didn't really get much into that. But, yeah, I do generally agree. But that's, like you said, one of the things that's different about us I don't mind like formulaic stuff or like criminal procedurals is like another category that you have no interest in. Oh no, those make me want to beat my head against the wall. For me, it still has to be done well, but I, I, I don't mind a procedural or a formulaic show if I get, get interested in the story and the characters, but I agree it those type of things generally are not made into movies. Or if they have movies in those genres, it's a one-off thing. It's not when you turn that type of thing into a TV series, it creates stuff that people like you just doesn't appeal to. And I could understand why. Yeah. We just talked about how I wish that some movies were better done as a TV series. But obviously, TV is not the only way to do a series. You could also do a series of movies. Yeah. Now... Again, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is obviously an easy example, as is Star Wars. But there are also other multi-film franchises, two of which we've also covered on the podcast, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones, which are film franchises. 
which is another way to do long-form storytelling. So is that a better way to do a, a series, or at least there are some things you like better as a movie series? Considering all of the examples that you just gave are some of my favorite <laughs> worlds, I think that kind of goes to show that, yeah, I like world-building in movies because then it's able to expand on a lot more things. You can complete a story while also building. I think that's what the MCU did so well. And same with Back to the Future did so well, and Indiana Jones did so well, and even kind of Star Wars did so well, is each movie is its individual story within a larger story. They're not leaving you at like an absolute cliffhanger where, oh, tune in next week to find out what happens next. They're completing a story that has the ability to keep going later instead of they're not finishing it, so you have to come in later. That is an important point is that the things that you just mentioned are relatively self-contained. I mean, Back to the Future could be argued to flow across the movies, but the individual Indiana Jones movies are kind of standalone adventures. Yeah. They do reference, the later movies start to reference things that happened in the previous movies, but you're not like left at the end of one movie like, well, then what happens next? They complete that story. You might be interested in seeing more stories as opposed to a television series, which might end on a cliffhanger to try to get you to keep coming back. Right. Movie series, usually the individual movies are self-contained. Like you said, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously there were a lot of individual movies that were a part of a wider phase of the MCU, but the movie itself told its own story. Yeah, and I think that's another issue I have with TV shows, I guess, is that ending on a cliffhanger thing, like Walking Dead is terrible about ending on a huge cliffhanger on the end of a season, so you have to wait for the next season to find out what happened next. And actually, Warrior Nun, going back to that, it spent the entire season building up to this thing, and then right when you're finally like, oh, I'm finally going to figure this thing out, and they're like, ah, tune in for season two, and I'm like, no, you motherfuckers! I had a similar experience with the Titans live action show, which I don't want to go into any great detail on. <laughs> the first season built up a story and then it just ends on a cliffhanger. I was like, fuck you. Right. Finish the story. I guess the difference there for me, though, is I spent the entire time with Warrior Nun waiting for it to get interesting. And then right when it was finally going to get interesting, it stopped. Whereas Titans was never interesting and never going to be interesting. So I didn't care. That's a fair point. But there are also some film franchises that you don't like. Like, for example, The Lord of the Rings. That is basically an entire TV series of 15-hour movies of people walking around doing fucking nothing. Like, seriously, the three... How, how long are, are each of those movies? The, the director's cut versions of the Lord of the Rings movies, I think, are literally almost three hours long, each one. All right. Three three-hour movies literally could have been one two-and-a-half three-hour movie and told the exact same fucking story and been fine. Then maybe it would have been enjoyable for me. Again, this also comes back to, again, do you like the characters, the story, the world-building? In the case of A Lord of the Rings, that was a trilogy because it was based on three books. They definitely are not for everybody. They are definitely unevenly paced. There are parts of those movies that are longer and more drawn out. It's not for everybody. I really enjoyed the Lord of the Rings franchise. I actually just recently, though, finished watching The Hobbit, which is one book that they turned into three movies. 
unnecessarily. Yeah. I have rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy many times. I will probably never watch the Hobbit trilogy ever again. I watched it once and that was enough. And those movies are each two hours and 45 minutes long. And even me, who likes the franchise, is like, yeah, at least 45 minutes of each one of those movies could be cut. I actually just recently watched, I think it was the first Lord of the Rings. I keep wanting to give it another chance because the fandom is so huge and everybody talks about how awesome it is. I rewatched that one. I'm like, so much of this is so boring. And I was, like, it's so interesting, but so boring at the same time. That's why I just, I just can't. I can't do it. I want to do it, and I just can't do it. Yeah, and again, it, it's a part of a big story that was based on books. Yeah. And just like stuff that happens with like comic book movies, like Tolkien nerds, because obviously the movies are based on books by J.R.R. Tolkien, were mad that in the trilogy, like something happens in the second movie that was supposed to happen in the third movie, and vice versa, because the movies are actually lined up with individual books, but it's like, give it a break. There's a really big story, and sometimes it's weird to end a movie the way it ends. So some stuff had to be shifted around. Mm -hmm. But even like in The Hobbit, like the second movie in The Hobbit trilogy ends on a fucking annoying... I can't really call it a cliffhanger, because I know the... And that's one of the other things, too, about cliffhangers. It's like, I know the story. I know what happens next, so it's not as annoying... If you don't know the story at all, though, you're like, what the fuck? I have to wait. Like, again, this is also a difference between watching it when they come out versus I just watched The Hobbit on a streaming service over the last couple of days so I could watch all three movies all at once. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to wait for the next movie, wait another two years for the next movie. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I had no interest. I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the movie theater. And have watched it half a dozen times in various forums and TV, streaming services, DVD, etc. I intentionally did not go see The Hobbit in the movie theater and waited years before even watching it in any format because I knew I was going to watch it once and that's it. <laughs> and the fact that I was able to watch it all at once made it easier. It would have just annoyed the shit out of me if I had gone to see that in the theater. It's like, really? You're going to stop the story there? And wait, make me wait two years for the next movie? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just chalked that up in the same bin that I put Star Trek for me of, it's interesting, but I cannot pay attention to it long enough to like it. Like, I really want to like both of them. I just can't bring myself to do it. I just can't pay attention that long. Other than maybe the MCU, because it's multiple movies, is there any other, like, really, like, long thing that you like? Like, a really long movie that you actually like? Because it seems like it keeps coming back to time for you. If it, if, it, if it goes on for too long, you, like, lose interest? No. It's not necessarily the time part of it. It's, is something actually happening? Like, if it's just people talking, if it's not funny... Or there's not like bright flashy lights for, for to keep my attention. I'm lost. I'm out of it. I stop paying attention start thinking about something else. Okay. So th- that's what it is for me. I'm fine with long movies. I actually rather enjoy the longer movies because it lets you tell a better story as long as it the pace is there. Because we're about to get into that, how long things should be. And I'm not trying to pick on or make this all about the Lord of the Rings, but... There are definitely stretches of time where not a lot happens. Like 
the whole thing's about that. There's a lot of walking in the movies. The same thing happens in like Game of Thrones, although which a lot of people pointed out that they just ignored this in like the second half of the run. Like in the first four or five seasons of Game of Thrones, it took a long time to move around Westeros and they made you watch them yeah. take a long time moving around Westeros. <laughs> but the difference is interesting things were happening while they were walking around. There were fights and stuff like that. Yes, and that's the point that I was making. There are boring parts of both the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy, in part because they make you watch people walk around and nothing interesting happens while they're walking around. And that's the part is just like, why do we have to watch this? Yes, I understand it's a long way and they're walking, but do we have to watch them? <laughs> Can we just fast forward ahead? <laughs> but I guess the difference for me in the way I saw it was in Game of Thrones, like they were being attacked or they were getting laid or something was happening. Whereas in The Lord of the Rings, they were just talking about whatever bromance they had going on that they were trying to keep cloaked. And there was nothing happening. And there were times where it would get exciting, but they spent too much time in Lord of the Rings with nothing happening. If they had just shortened that a little bit, it would have been better for me. Yeah, I could agree. So it's not just the, the length of it. Yeah. Something interesting has to be happening. Yeah. If it's good and interesting, I'll make the time for it. Okay. Because the next thing I wanted to talk about is how long should things be? So let's do, since we're on movies, let's just do the movies first. And then we're going to talk about, because I want to talk about how many episodes should be in a TV series as well. But how long should a movie be? Well, for me, actually, the answer for both is exactly the same. As long as it has to be to tell the story without drawing it out. And it's always a difficult balance. Especially, again, in a movie, because it's just kind of a zero-sum game. You give a couple of minutes to exposition, and that means you have a couple of fewer minutes to spend somewhere else. That's why I said, as long as it has to be without being drawn out. If you're looking at something going, oh, hey, this is a little bit too short. We need to add some more stuff to make it longer, like TV shows tend to do. Don't do that. Just make less episodes. Why does it have to be 10 episodes? Why can't it be eight? Why does a movie have to be two hours? I guess that's the other part of it too, is why do we do so many people want movies to only be an hour and a half and then complain about there not being enough in it? Make it two hours, make it two and a half hours, whatever you need to do to tell that story. Yeah, I don't think there is a magic number in terms of how long the movie should be. Some of the examples that we've been using are probably bad examples, like Lord of the Rings and anything superhero-related. There's source material, and fans of the source material might be like, well, you have to explain that thing. You have to, yeah, it would probably be a boring conversation to the general audience, but in the book, there's this long conversation about this important topic, so you should really include that in the movie. Or again, the whole realistic thing of, it, talk, it takes a long time to walk from this part of the world to this other part of the world. You can't just have it happen in a couple of minutes. That might annoy some people, but the general audience can just like, you know, move stuff along. Yeah. There seems like there's no magic number because people get mad no matter what it is, whether it's too long or too short. 
Well, that's kind of the society we're in right now is everyone needs to be mad about something. That too. I mean, we are, I mean, we talked about how the Wonder Woman 1984 movie, among its other flaws, is it didn't need to be two and a half hours long. If it had a better story that was better executed, then yeah, be as long as you need it to be. Right. But it didn't use its time wisely. And for the TV show thing, this comes up a lot with me uh, too, and is, yeah, how many episodes should it be? Especially if it's like something I've never seen before. So I'm trying out the first season of a show. If it has more than 10 episodes, I'm much less inclined to give it a try. Because if I start watching it and I don't like it and it's more than 10 episodes, it's like, I'm not going to waste my time on this. Yeah. But if it's fewer than 10 episodes, again, like The Queen's Gambit, it was only seven episodes. It took me a while to get through them, but it's like, I'll do it. But if that was like 13 episodes, I'd be like, nope, not going to finish it. Well, that gets into a whole nother discussion of where it's not necessarily number of episodes. It was like, oh, it doesn't really get going until you get to this. Why can't you make it interesting at the beginning? So like I've, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, yeah, the first couple seasons are a little hard to get through. But once you get past the first couple seasons, it gets better. Or, you know, first three or four episodes that nothing really happens. But then things happen. I think WandaVision is actually a good example of that, where the first couple episodes didn't really start going anywhere. And a lot, including you and me, were both like, I don't really know if this is going to be any good. And then it started getting traction. I don't know how they could have done it much better, but it would have been better if they would have gotten the story moving a little bit sooner, or at least hinted to us what was going on to make it a little more interesting earlier. Yeah, in that case, they were kind of taking advantage of the fact that it was a TV show, a movie, wouldn't have been able to dart out the same way that they did. Yeah. But one thing they're doing that, I mean, saying, on, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but saying on subject of how long should it be or anything like that, I think they're going an interesting route too, where it's been, what have they been, half hour episodes? Yeah, if you don't count like the 20 minutes of credits. <laughs> yeah. But the last few episodes are going to be hour long. And there's only nine episodes instead of ten. So as things ramp up and need a little bit more time, they're going to add a little bit more time. And they're not going to draw it out to make ten episodes just because it needs to be ten episodes. They're going to stop at nine where it needs to stop. Well, that's also something that's different about streaming shows versus network shows. Like the whole an hour-long show is 42 minutes minus the commercials. A half-hour show is 22 minutes minus the commercials. If it's a network television show, whereas if it's a streaming service show, it'll be however long the episode needs to be. It's like if it's, you can tell the story in 20 minutes, great. If you need 45 minutes, great. You know, take the time you need to tell it. Yeah. When it's a uniform number of minutes, it can both be good and bad because sometimes it's like, oh, I want that to keep going. But other times it's like, why is this so long? So yeah, it's not only just the number of episodes, but it's also like the number of minutes in an episode. Yeah. And to your point about once you get past the first couple of seasons, it starts to get good. Or the first couple of episodes, I had the same problem with Queen's Gambit. I had a really hard time getting through the first two episodes, and it made me not want to watch the series. I had the opposite experience with a television show called Killing Eve. I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. I've heard of it, and I thought it was a band. <laughs> and maybe that too. I don't know. But Killing Eve is a, a BBC show, a British broadcasting show. I don't know why, but BBC shows or British television in general have short seasons. I don't know if there's like a reason for that production, money, whatever. But it only has eight episodes per season. If it was more than that, I would not watch the show. But the very first two episodes 
are phenomenal. The show gets off to a incredible start, and then it jumps off of a cliff in terms of the quality of it. And the only reason that I come back and occasionally watch an episode or two at a time is because it's only eight episodes in the season. If there were more episodes, I would have completely stopped watching that show because it's so frustrating, the variability in its quality. And it started off good and then got much worse. I mean, streaming services in general have changed the game completely. But I think one thing that has changed over the years, and it may be because or inspired by one of these examples I'm going to give, is things get so repetitive in TV shows, especially if it went on broadcast with being, you know, however many 20 you know episodes in a season, whatever it is, they find ways of rotating the cast, like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, where they would kill people off and then introduce new characters and stuff like that. Both of those do that really well to keep it kind of fresh and interesting. There are times where it kind of dies down because you're less voted to certain characters, but then it comes back once you learn them. I wonder if that kind of came from like Doctor Who, where they would kind of recast or change it up. And maybe, you know, Doctor Who's been popular for, I mean, how many years has it been going? Technically over 50, but it was on hiatus there for a while. So some people talk about being a Neo-Whovian because the show was not rebooted, but brought back as a continuation. Right. And that's definitely a show that could easily have been super repetitive, but it seems to be able to stay fresh partially because of that. It is. I mean, it's a show, it's a tough show for me because it's both fresh and super repetitive. It's starting to irritate me. I mean, it's now the restart of it, about to start its 13th season, and they just keep rehashing the same storylines. But they do find ways, like I said, recasting the primary character as, as part of the story of the show gives them almost an excuse to start fresh every couple of years. And then they, the supporting cast gets rotated as well. So that does help it help you maybe stay more interesting. And like you said, large ensemble shows like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, they may only be a couple of characters that you like, but you at least will keep watching for those characters. Unless it's like a show that has, this is a terrible example, but there's a show called Search Party which has only 10 episodes per season, I don't recommend it. There's four primary characters, and the, and the main reason that I, can't wa- I don't like the show is I don't care about any of them. Yeah. I don't find any character on the show likable at all. And it's not even not liking them like, oh, I'll hate watch this to see bad things happen to them. I don't even care enough to hate watch to see bad things happen to them. I don't care at all. But when they're the only four characters on the show, then you're stuck with it. But in an ensemble show, maybe you'll focus on the episodes or watch parts of the season that your characters you like are in. Yeah. And that's why even when we try to talk about stuff for like the podcast, I usually try to pick TV shows that have fewer episodes. Like The Mandalorian didn't have very long seasons. And some of the other TV shows with relatively few exceptions I would be more inclined to recommend a show for us to cover if it had fewer episodes per season because it would be a lot easier to binge watch for you and, and also for me to, to rewatch stuff. Well, and also if you're going to dive deep into stuff like we tend to do, if it's 20 some episodes, man, that's a long episode to dive deep into everything that's there. But if it's 10 episodes, 
you can shorten that up, still dive deep, but still have it, you know, within one day of listening. Yes. And, but it's also sometimes shows that have more seasons too. Like you brought up Dr. Hugh a lot of times uh, in terms of we should do something about it. I, and the only reason I hesitated is because there's just so much there, so many seasons and so much history. It's just like, I don't even know where to begin. Same thing with like Star Trek. You've talked about, it's just like, I don't, you don't like it, but I mean, it's just like, I, I don't even know where I would try to begin, and, and it would have to be a, when we do discussions together, they tend to be a bit more detailed. It's just too much material that I just don't know how to prevent that from turning into just a runaway episode that's just too annoyingly long to edit, for one thing, but also just too long to, to put out. Just like we said earlier, there's no magic number for how long a movie should be. There's probably no magic number for how many episodes a TV show should have in it or how long each individual episode should be other than, you know, like you said, not any longer than it has to be. Yeah. Stop adding filler just to make it longer and stop cutting important things out just to shorten it up. Yeah. So that leads us to the next point is, does it have to keep going? So this is both for, for TV or movies. Do TV shows need to have multiple seasons and do movies need to keep making sequels? For me, if there's more story to tell, then yeah, keep it going. But if you're starting to struggle to come up with story, just end it. Whether it's popular, I think I think that just gets into production of, oh, hey, this thing's popular and it's making money. Let's keep making more until they stop making money. And then it drives it into the ground to where the beginning becomes less interesting. Yeah, I would agree. Especially in the United States, I think it, TV shows... They live in constant fear of cancellation. Yeah. So they almost are always, they're never sure if they're going to get another season. But they also do this weird thing of instead of trying to finish their story, they try to leave it open to getting renewed. So they don't want to tell a complete story. Or sometimes they get surprised by a renewal. Like there's another show that I watched recently. It's called In the Dark. It's actually a CW show. And it has a relatively interesting premise. It's a, it's a criminal, it's, I hesitate to call it a criminal procedural show because that's a bad description of it. But it's a criminal mystery type show that has kind of an interesting premise. The first season was okay. It told a decent enough story. There's three more seasons. And I would say, pretend it got canceled. And only watch the first season because it goes in stupid directions after the first season. It's just like, oh, we have to keep telling more story? Okay, let's have this really stupid thing happen then. And it just continues to spiral from there. So there are some things that the first season told its story. It should have stopped there. Yeah. And going beyond it was a bad idea. But it, it keeps getting renewed. <laughs> <laughs> So somebody wants it, apparently, and somebody's making money off of it because it keeps getting renewed. But I don't think you would like it, but it's called In the Dark. I don't recommend anyone watch more than the first season. (laughs) There was some series. It was really popular. I don't remember what it was. I remember liking it, but I remember hearing the story that the writers of it never expected it to go beyond the first season. And then when they got, like, three quarters of the way through it or something like that. And it was getting, it was really popular. They decided that they wanted to create different, more seasons of it. And so the final episode of the first season was actually pushed to the side 
and they kept going. So they already knew how it was going to end, but they had to keep going with it until it started to draw out to the point where the audience wasn't really there anymore. Then they finally wrapped it up. I really wish I could remember which one, which series it was, but I just thought that was really interesting of they could have wrapped it up and been really, really good, but they kept drawing it out until it wasn't good anymore before they wrapped it up. Yeah, some shows get killed. They just beat it to death because there is not a lot of planning going into it. Supernatural is not a great example of this, but the the creator of Supernatural left the show as the showrunner after like three seasons. And he did it because he's like, I'm finished telling the story. Mm-hmm. The story that I had in mind for the show, I told it. I don't have anything more to say. So he left the show and a new showrunner took over. And then that's when it really started to become very formulaic. Mm-hmm. For whatever, again, we're not in the target audience. It was wildly popular, so they just kept going. But there was a definitive storytelling shift that even though before this happened, it was still formulaic, but there was an overarching story mm-hmm. that ended at the end of the third season. I think it was the third, maybe it was the second season, but there was an end point that the show's creator had in mind. Here's the story. Okay, it's a network show. We're going to have to have filler episodes to stretch it out. It's like, I know the story. It has this beginning and this ending. And then once he finished it, it's like, I'm leaving the show. I have no more story to tell. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. A completely different example is is a sci-fi show from the 90s called Babylon 5, which was very unique in the sense that the guy who was behind that is like, it will take exactly five seasons to tell the story of this show. Right from the very beginning, he was like, this is the entire story. I know the entire story and everything that is going to happen. To do this right will take five seasons. That's what I want to see more of. And he did it. The one thing that kind of fucked it up is that one of the major characters decided she didn't want to do the show anymore. After the fourth season, she quit. So she kind of fucked up the story of the fifth season. Uh. They brought her back for the series finale. It's one of those shows where you wouldn't like it because I, I don't think you would like it. But there are things that happen in like the second and third. So it's like, oh, my God, that's connected. to, And that's because going into it, they knew that this was what was going to happen. Yeah. So there were story threads that were started in the first season. They get finished in the third season because they knew that on day one. Well, and that's what's been making the MCU so interesting is they know what's going to happen so they can kind of hint at it and know what direction to go from the beginning. Something that another popular series most recently did not do, which made it less interesting. And what's that? Star Wars. Yeah, the the trilogy stories, yeah. The sequel trilogy, which we've talked about in previous episodes, yeah. They needed a Kevin Feige type thing, or or at least have a story architecture like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that says, you know, here's where we're going with this, and this is what you can do, what you can't do. I mean, you can still tell your story within this framework, but, you know, this character is going to have to be in this place like four movies from now, so... Not only can you not kill them off, but you can't fuck with this arc. Right. But do whatever else you want. But they're going to have to be in this place four movies from now. We know what's happening. Yeah. 
unfortunately, we don't see enough of that. But again, it comes back to it's like it's difficult to be able to plan stuff out in that way, especially if it's something that's not superheroes again fall into a whole other category because you have a massive amount of source material and character arcs and stuff that you can build right a lot of things again kind of back to my primary question of do things really need to keep going we're starting to see a few examples of shows that really don't have any attention of a limited series where that's it like the queen's gamut if they make another season it's because the show is getting a lot of awards attention yeah watchmen if they make another season, it's because it got award attention. Those shows were not written with the intention of there being more than one season. Right. And they're not the only examples. And there are probably just as many shows that should just stop than there are shows that just keep going. <laughs> right. And it goes the same with movies. Like, I'm going to give Die Hard as an example, where the, the first movie was perfect bookend, end a movie, end a story, awesome. Then the second movie comes in, you're like, oh, okay, I guess there's more to it. Oh, I guess I can understand that. And then the third movie happens, you're like, all right, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here, guys. Then the fourth movie happens. <laughs> then the 15th movie happens. You're like, really? Whereas I think if they'd, if they'd have done the same thing but had different main characters in the same world with the same type of stories, maybe that would have been better. Yeah, that's where, like, franchises become a victim of their own success. Right. It made money, so let's make more of it. Die Hard's a good example. I like the first one. It wasn't really a story that needed to continue. <laughs> <laughs> but they made more of them anyway. I actually don't dislike any of them that I've seen. I think there might be one that I didn't see. I don't dislike any of them, but I'm just like, the same guy, really? Why can't it just be a different guy? Yeah, it's almost like the formulaic version of a movie. Like, you don't like formulaic television shows. It's almost like a formulaic film franchise. Yeah. Or like Fast and the Furious. Does that really have to keep going? It didn't even have to start. <laughs> I don't like that franchise at all. So I guess the only thing that we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but just one final point of... If things do have to keep going, the difference between a cliffhanger and a, and a teaser, cliffhangers really annoy me, but this also comes back to the difference between sometimes I won't watch a new show until there's at least a second season, just in case there's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like when you're watching a, sh a streaming show you've never seen before, and it's like Killing Eve, all this use as an example, there's three seasons out already. The first season ends on a cliffhanger. I watched it when all three seasons that it currently has were available. So I was able to immediately watch the beginning of the next season because it was already available. Would have annoyed the fuck out of me if I was watching that live. and like, seriously, that's how you're going to end it? So I really don't like cliffhangers. Yeah, I guess on the same note, that's actually why I haven't really watched a whole lot of the CW-verse. The Arrowverse, as, as you will. Because, I mean, the cliffhangers at the end, the way that sets up, the way that the show's intertwined, but at different times, and they're aired differently, and it's non-linear, I've been just kind of waiting for it to just all be over, figure out the episode order, and just watch them all in order, where I don't have to sit there and wait and wait and wait and figure it all out and forget what happened. Or, did this happen at this point, or did this happen at that point? That drives me nuts. And those are good examples of what we had said earlier, too. And again, it's more of, I guess, an American network slash broadcast television thing. 
they're sort of the holdovers are still latching on to the the 20 plus episode format mm-hmm. those shows do not need those many episodes right yeah they're and that's when i i really stopped watching i was like okay you're you're drawing this out more than you really need to i think it's partially limited characters where they didn't have access to some of the more popular characters at first anyways and i think it would have been more interesting if they would have limited the episodes in each story instead of 20 some episodes make it 10 episodes of arrow but then maybe have more interaction between them so maybe like arrow had a couple seasons of 10 episodes each flash had a couple seasons of 10 episodes each and then there's a couple seasons where they're together doing different things and just kind of intermixing that instead of just having okay there's arrow then there's flash then there's supergirl then there's this then there's that if you're gonna have them intertwine why not have them intertwine in seasons instead of like singular episodes yeah i agree the 20 episode format there's a ton of filler in each one of those individual seasons and there is a lot of it becomes repetitive and formulaic and like you said they're intertwining we covered one of their crossover episodes when we did crisis on infinite earths but it's almost one of those things where like if it was 10 to 13 episode seasons and if the arrowverse was just like the series and it's just like maybe this season we spend most of our time with arrow then the next season we spend most of our time with flash yeah and then it's, every now and then there's a an episode where the other characters are in there I understand that that wouldn't work from like a contract perspective of having all of those actors on board for the production for the whole time. Because I know we had this problem when we did Crisis on Infinite Virtue. It's like, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff I haven't seen, but you're not really missing anything. <laughs> but to be forced to watch like 40 episodes of Flash yeah. so that you will understand the one thing in the crossover episode <laughs> right. that you won't know what it's about... Plus the fact that the crossover episodes all start with the beginning of the episode relates to that series where that series is. Like you said, during the crisis, like the first five minutes of each episode, what what the hell is going on? Because they're talking about a storyline within the season of the show before they switch over to the combined storyline. Yeah. Which is like, if you're not watching the other shows, you're confused. If you care. Right. I think that's a network issue. They're trying to adhere to arbitrary network rules that existed 40 years ago that don't really apply anymore. They don't need to apply anymore, at least. Exactly. Especially old TV broadcasting format. So the show has to start in the fall and and end in the late spring. So it has to have 20 plus episodes. Because if it's only 13, then you don't have anything to fill the rest of those broadcast time slots. Yeah. Which is why we get the, the CW shows the way they are. Versus like the Netflix superhero shows were usually 13 or fewer episodes because that was not an issue in terms of fitting into the broadcast schedules. Yeah. And again, the cliffhanger versus teaser, some of their seasons would end on cliffhangers. Other seasons started to do more of a teaser of here's what might be happening next season. I like that a little bit better than especially the, the abruptness of a cliffhanger. But yeah, I, it's a lot of times it's just like... There are a lot of shows that just should go away a lot sooner. Yeah. And we won't even get into the shows that like seemingly will never die. Things like Law and Order, SVU, and NCIS, which have been on for like 20 plus seasons. What? Why? Huh? Right. Go away and do something else. 
Why is it still on the air? <laughs> but that's a different thing, though, because you and I, and probably most of our audience, I think, we watch shows and seasons for one big overarching story, whereas a lot of those are more each episode is its own short story. You can watch any of them in any order. It doesn't really matter. Yes. You can watch season six, episode 13 as your first episode, and you will not have missed anything. It won't matter. That's its own self-contained story. And I think that might be why a lot of people like shows like that. And I, I think we're going to talk about them here a little bit in a lot of older TV shows where it was by the book, you know, we start with this, then something happens and makes this happen, and then this happens like A-Team. It always starts with they're on the run somewhere, they get to a new town, somebody's being a bully of some sort, they have to, they get defeated at, at first when they first try to fight the, the bullies, then they come up with a way of fighting them um, in some strategy and where they have to make something with parts that they found. Then they beat them, and then they move on to the next town. You don't have to know what happened in the first five seasons to know what's going on in episode three of season six. You can just watch that episode, and you're fine. And that also goes into the broadcast thing of it of if you're not always going to be there at this exact time to be able to watch it, it's okay. You're not going to miss out on the overall story. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are certain, across multiple seasons of, of certain shows, there are times, especially shows like NCIS that have been on for a really long time. There are times that there are characters that leave the show. Sometimes they're killed off. Most of the time they're not. So you might be confused if you just jumped into it at a certain point. It's like, why is that character not there anymore? Or, or you might stumble into a quote-unquote spoiler of, oh, that character died? <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't happen very often. But like you said, like some older shows, like the A-Team, it's like you could start anywhere because each episode was pretty much the exact same story. Right. So that kind of gets us into our, our final version of this topic of we've been talking about movies versus TV. Well, does it have to be one or the other? And the A-Team brings up one interesting category of the trend of taking old TV shows like the A-Team and instead of remaking them as a new TV show, just making a movie based on them. Yeah. And there's been a whole bunch of TV shows like the A-Team, Dukes of Hazard, Get Smart, and many others where they just made a movie, in some cases just one movie, based on the TV show. For example, I didn't really like the A-Team movie. I did. But it wasn't horrible. <laughs> Imagine that. I liked it and you didn't. Exactly. But I mean, if that was like a, if they were to try to turn that into like a, a move, a film franchise type of thing, I don't, I don't think that they would because it just wasn't that good. No. Yeah, it wasn't good enough for that. It was just an enjoyable single movie, which was just a drawn out episode. Yeah, it's a drawn out episode, but it's also one of those weird things too. Is like I said, in that case, it's also like a big gap in years too. That was like an old TV show from like the 70s and 80s remade 20 years later yeah the original show was a little campier so it got turned in the a-team movie got turned into an action movie which is not a bad way to do the a-team but it kind of lost a little bit of the campy funniness of a tv show but there's no way you could do it the right way but the campiness of the old tv show was just because it was of its time 
it was action of its time. Yeah, again, it, it's difficult to compare, but I mean, it doesn't bother me in the sense that like, you can still, it's also different in this case. It's like, I watched the A-Team when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. Then the A-Team movie comes out. You don't have to have watched the television show to watch the A-Team movie. Right. If you happen to have seen both, that's fine. Or only one of them, that's fine too. You also could enjoy both. So this is where you can have both. But this is a weird category because it's like so old. Right. It's kind of annoying. Like, I really enjoyed the Dukes of Hazard TV show. By today's standards, it's very problematic on various levels. Right. But, but when, when you're, you're a kid, kid it's, it's fun. fun. The movie sucked. I don't think I ever saw that movie. I think I, I think I saw the cast and went, nope. Yeah, the cast. But I mean, it's not like the Dukes of Hazard was not a great show. I'm not trying to claim that it was. No. But the movie was terrible. The A-Team movie was enjoy. I didn't really like it, but it was enjoyable. The fucking Dukes of Hazzard movie was a train wreck. Because they went in different directions with it. So, like, the A-Team movie is the same, very similar setup as the TV series. Whereas the Dukes of Hazzard TV series was actually fairly serious. And then they made a joke of it in the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's more of a product of its time. It was both serious and funny at the same time but leaning more toward the serious thing and yeah they made the movie more jokey but it's also again like you said you're collapsing a, a television franchise into a movie which you like you said about the a-team like one long episode yeah where again the a-team was easier because each episode was kind of formulaic the thing you just described you can make that a movie plot right the dukes of hazard wasn't that way so it was a little bit weirder to take the series story and put it into a movie because the series didn't have a formulaic story like the A-Team did. Right. Get Smart is another example. I actually liked both. The Get Smart movie, I liked. The Get Smart series, I also liked. Again, Get Smart series, very campy, very silly. They managed to strike the balance in the movie. I never saw the series, but I did like the movie. A TV show that's that old, that you're remaking like a a show from the 70s or 80s, making a movie out of it's probably better. Like, a lot of people don't even know that Mission Impossible was a television series. (laughs) I knew that it was, but I never saw it. Because it's actually an old TV, like even for me, it was like in reruns when I was a kid. So, I mean, it's it's an old show from, I think, the 60s. So, I mean, it was a very old show. So, coming soon from Jim, Matlock, the movie. Exactly. But that was at least an interest where they made a, a film franchise out of it. But that's franchisable because it's a spy thing. Yeah. And an action movie thing, too. So that made more sense that they could turn that into a franchise because it had a, something that they could do something with. And I'm not really saying that the old TV show was all that great either. But I think those are examples where you couldn't appreciate both. Same thing with, like, I don't know if you ever saw The Man from Uncle, the movie. It's on my to watch list. It is an excellent movie. The TV series that it's based on, again, goes back to the same era as Mission Impossible. It wasn't really all that great. It's of its time. But yeah, it was a really good movie. That's a good way, I think, again, of taking some, an old TV show and remaking it just as a movie. I mean, I know there's a lot of, like, reboots and relaunches of old TV shows. There are some TV shows that would just work better as a movie, especially if it's just a remake. But both are good. Coming next fall, Murder, She Wrote, the movie. (laughs) 
But in this category, I mean, ob the obvious ex examples of things that work well as both. I mean, we've talked a lot about superheroes and, and Star Wars on the podcast. They're massive franchises with big worlds and stories and lots of characters. So it's not really surprising to see that you can enjoy both. Although, like we've said before, some Star Wars fans are only fans of the movies. They've never watched any of the animation shows or now The Mandalorian or something like that. Well, that goes into something I think we've said before of a lot of people just have a misconception of animation. Yeah, animation, yeah, that brings up, yeah, a whole other can of worms that people just think animation is for kids and that might be why they haven't. Because, I mean, look at how popular Mandalorian is. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to The Clone Wars was admittedly more kid-oriented than Rebels, but yeah, very few people had even, some people hadn't even heard of them. But if they'd have been live action, they would have been a lot more popular, I think. Probably. I, I would agree, yeah. And again, it's probably why people watched The Mandalorian than, and not those shows. Same thing with like superhero stuff. I mean, we talk about it all the time that the, we don't like some of the live action adaptations because there are animated versions that have been done well. But there is, like you said, that perception issue. There are just some people who they're just not going to watch right. an animated movie or an animated series. They're just not going to. I think that that change has been more recent, too. Because if you go back, though, there's a lot of older animated series that are not good. Very not good. They might be okay if you're a kid, but as an adult, they are terrible. They are terrible. There's even some that are in franchises that I like that I just don't like as an adult. I mean, we've talked about Young Justice in the past on the podcast, and I like that. I've recently tried watching a few episodes of, like, Justice League Unlimited, mm -hmm. and it's just not in the right zone for me. It's a little bit too—it's not— kitty yeah but it's not quite adult it tilts a little bit too much in the direction that i don't like if i wasn't so into superheroes i wouldn't like that series but they're able to expand on a lot of the characters in ways that movies can't and I, that's what i really like it oh yeah i mean again there are there are definitely characters like hawk and dove for example that i didn't really know much about i can watch it it's just i just can't enjoy it as much because it's still Tilted a little bit in the kid direction. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's also, I mean, I, I know I say it a lot, but in the animation, you can use the powers in a way that they can't do live action. Exactly. So you, you need that, not need, but yeah, th this things, again, it's a whole other category of why you kind of need both and why for us. Yeah. Both movies and TV shows, but also animation and live action because of that. But when you do have both, so we just gave an example of, a, of a, a simplified category of old TV shows turned into movies. You can like both. When both is the answer or you want to try both, should one start the other? Like, does it make more sense for a TV show to launch a bunch of movies or a movie to launch a bunch of TV shows? I think it depends on the story. I mean, I wish I could give you a more concrete answer on that, but... It really depends. I mean, I know there's there's some TV shows that have interesting characters that maybe you could do spin-off movies to expand on that character, but you don't really need the time for a whole another series for that character. Like, for instance, actually, I'm going to go a different route on that. So I'm going to go back to Walking Dead, where Walking Dead got really popular, and then they did the spin-off series, the prequel Fear the Walking Dead, which was not that popular. And I think if they'd have done that as a movie... That would have been more popular and a lot more interesting. 
But when you've got two series going at the same time, basically doing the same type of story, you're going to watch one or the other. You're probably not going to watch both. And that's a good example, I think. You said if it had been done as a movie, it would have been better. I argue in part kind of why Star Wars movies were good, like the Clone Wars animated series, in part because it was a series, was able to explore the world in between the Attack of the Clones and the Revenge of the Sith and tell longer stories and more stories and give us more time with individual characters and background characters that if it was done in the movie would just be too convoluted and wouldn't work. Yeah. Like you said, in the case of The Walking Dead, probably would have been better to just make a movie about Fear the Walking Dead. There are times where you have spinoffs, but there are times where, yeah, maybe a one-off story should have just been a movie. And, and actually, I would go back to maybe Lord of the Rings would have been better if they'd have had shorter movies and then created a series for the more in-depth stuff that super nerds wanted. And they could have done that. They're actually making a Lord of the Rings television series. Of course they are! And it is actually based, I think, on the second age of Middle-earth, which is going to tell a story that is a prequel story to the movies that really needs a series to tell it. But yeah, there, there's a long-form story there that they're going to do with a series. And it's going to link to your treadmill so you can walk with them. <laughs> but yeah, I, I understand your point that they could have done... I mean, again, it, it, things get made at different times. Like Game of Thrones was a series. You could argue that Lord of the Rings could have made a series. Maybe have been better. Yeah. Whether it should be one or the other is always a difficult toss-up. And in some cases, are going to be both. And it's usually the massive storyline. Like another... Not to drift again, sorry. The Expanse is another sub-genre or uh, tangent of stuff that is based on books. We talk about comic books a lot, but like the Lord of the Rings are based on books. And they made movies that lined up with each of the individual books. You could also do that with a show. There's a show called The Expanse. It's based on a series of novels. There are nine novels. They're only doing six seasons of the TV show. They're roughly covering the story of the first six novels. And they've roughly done... One book equals one season of 10 episodes. A season of 10 episodes might have been a better way to do the individual books in the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well. Yeah. But I guess to get back to this point of not trying to say do it one way or the other, if it's both. Again, Marvel and, and, and superhero stuff is and, and Star Wars is just too easy because it's massive. But it's hard not to talk about the Disney Plus shows. And this is actually turning a bit. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, cinematic meaning movies. Right. At the time that we're recording this, WandaVision is in its first and possibly only season, but it's not over yet. So six of the episodes have aired at the time of, of this podcast recording. Am I wrong? Is it the first television series? Directly part of the MCU, yes. But the Netflix series is your Jessica Jones, your Luke Cage, your Daredevil. They referenced without directly referencing. So they were kind of setting themselves up to be in the same world as without directly relating to. And you got Agents of Shield, which was directly related. Eh, I guess I guess that's the difference then. So this is a, probably a good example. So yeah, all of the shows that you just mentioned, the Marvel TV shows on Netflix and Agents of Shield, which was on network television, 
were set in the same universe, reference the events of the universe. And I think only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually had characters from the cinematic universe show up in the TV show. That I'm aware of, yeah. But they told a completely separated story. A lot of times the movies were just like in the what happened in the movie is in the background. They acknowledge that it happened. Right. But they didn't really integrate the shows. This is a good example of it's not just, oh, it's good both as a TV show and a movie. I guess a different thing of, is it integrated together? Yeah. WandaVision is the beginning, at least in the Marvel Universe, of actually integrating the shows together. Yeah, the Marvel Universe is getting so big that in order to actually tell the stories of individual characters, they just wouldn't be able to do it. So they have to start splitting off and doing TV shows to give those characters the time that they need to grow and then leave the movies for the bigger stories or the bigger events, maybe. Well, I don't know if they have to. It depends on how how you structure the story. I mean, the story that WandaVision is telling and the way that it's telling it wouldn't work in a movie. Right. But they could have made a WandaVision movie that just streamlined whatever the story is going to end up being. They could have made a movie. But it wouldn't have been good. It would have been different. I mean, what we've seen so far wouldn't make sense because of what they've done so far. Same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That could have been a movie. I don't think that needed to be a television series. I guess I'm, I'm going a different route with it. It doesn't have to, but to do it justice, to really dive into the characters the way that the people that are fans want, Again, these are characters that got their parts in the movies, but their their characters got kind of pushed to the side. They they didn't really have much for character development. So now we're able to actually develop the characters in the series without having to make more big budget movies. That makes sense. And you could also argue that like the Marvel the Netflix Marvel TV shows focused on the quote unquote street level heroes. The ones who have sort of a smaller story. Yeah. It also gives us a little bit more of, instead of having, uh, what we're doing, like three movies a year, give or take. Now we've got something to kind of supplement in between. So we got movie, then we've got something, a TV series to watch in between, and then the next movie will come out, and then we've got TV series to watch. So we're not just kind of sitting and waiting. We've still got something in the universe to keep going with. Which is why I think, I mean, I didn't enjoy all of it. I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was okay, but I think a lot of people were frustrated with it for that very reason. Yeah. That aside from the Marvel, the Netflix Marvel shows, there wasn't a lot of other things going on in between the movies, but there were so many movies per year in the cinematic universe, I guess it mattered less. But now we also have COVID screwing everything up in terms of the release schedules of... Yeah. So, like, we would have... I don't know how it's going to affect anything, but it's like we were supposed to have seen Black Widow last year. Right. How that affects anything, I don't know. I think what S.H.I.E.L.D. suffered from was they weren't able to directly work with the movies. Like, they had some, some characters kind of stop by, but they weren't able to directly relate to or work with the movies. And so they kind of ran out of story and people lost interest because they weren't able to use those char- more the bigger name characters. They weren't able to influence the story in any way. And it just kind of got run into the ground by network. Yeah, it was another show that had do, do too many episodes because there wasn't enough story to tell. Yeah. But also the whole idea, too, it had an identity crisis from the beginning. It's like, is this a 
secret agent show or is this a superhero show? And it kept flip-flopping back and forth between the two. But again, it's still a bad example of a TV show coexisting within the same universe as the movies and people liking both. Yeah. The new series, WandaVision we have now, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, is going to help supplement. Plus, there's also more movies coming. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe is probably a bad example. Same thing with Star Wars that we talked about, that we're now starting to somewhat shift into the television version of a lot of more TV shows coming out than movies in, in Star Wars, but people can appreciate and enjoy both. Right. What I think, I think this is brilliant because it's going in a way of, if you just like the movies, you can still just like the movies, but if you want more of the universe, you've got a TV series you can watch. Yeah, and that might be one of the major categories of, if it's a big enough universe and you want to consume a whole bunch of content, then that's one way of going with both. Yeah. But like you said, some of them also do a good job of if you only want to consume it in one format or the other, you can do that as well. Because they've never done anything like in Star Wars where, like in the case of The Mandalorian, if you hadn't seen the animated series, you're not lost. Like they haven't done anything where, oh, you didn't watch this season of this show, then you will not know what's going on in this movie or vice versa. Right. So that's the other thing. When there is both allowing people to only have to choose which one they want as well as if they choose to consume both that's great but don't like make the stories not understandable if you don't watch everything right which again we've talked about this before too that in stories like that superheroes are just and and star wars like there's always that tiny little bit of we have to explain who this character is even though everyone knows who this character is We have to give you a little bit of backstory, even though everyone knows what this character's backstory is, because if you're in that general audience and you don't know, then they do need to spoon feed you a little bit of stuff, which sometimes gets irritating to the uber geeks that are watching everything. Yeah. And then you run into the issue, too, sometimes of things just getting run into the ground. So, you know, you get an interesting TV series, for instance. That starts to run its course, people get bored with it, and then they get canceled before they were able to finish the story. Yeah, like, did you ever watch Firefly? Uh, I did not. Oh, wait. You know, I'm trying to remember. I think I did watch Serenity, not realizing it was after Firefly, and I was really lost. Oh, you were confused by Serenity? Yeah, because I never watched Firefly. I would argue that you don't have to. Firefly and Serenity is a a good and bad example at the same time. So that show got fucked over. It didn't even get to finish. It was canceled before the end of its first season. But even the episodes that were broadcast were broadcast out of order. The original pilot episode of a TV series was never aired. And then it just got canceled. (laughs) So like... You could understandably be fucking confused if you actually watched Firefly when it was on TV because of what everything I just said. Fair enough. Not only did it get get canceled at a weird point, even what was aired was fucking confusing. The movie completes the story of what probably would have been the story of the first season or maybe the first two seasons of a TV show. And there are definitely things in the movie that are a wink and a nod to if you didn't see the TV show, you'd be confused. But because there was so little of the TV show, that doesn't happen very much. Because the show, I mean, I think maybe seven or eight episodes of the series aired and in the wrong order. 
<laughs> so I would argue you could watch Serenity never having watched Firefly. And I did. And I think it's a good movie, but it was a movie that in part was precipitated on the fact that we never got to finish telling the story. And also, it changed it, though, too, because it simplified and streamlined the story because it was like, we're only going to get one chance at this. We're going to make one movie. So, boop, here's the story. So they did simplify a bunch of things, but both was good. Although I will admit, though, when Firefly was on, I didn't really like it that much. How dare you call yourself a nerd? I do, but like part of what, part of what like I was just explaining, we didn't know until after the fact that the episodes were put out in the wrong order or and that the pilot episode was skipped. So it's like when I first started, I was like, I don't really get this show. And I also thought the idea of the show was never well explained. Like, why is it set in space, but they're cowboys? And if you watch the actual like show, the TV show, all of the episodes in order, either on DVD or on streaming services, they actually explain it. But the way it was broadcast on television, it was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I didn't like it. And then I saw the movie. It's like, oh, that would have made the TV show make more sense if I knew that. <laughs> so a lot of people talk about the Mandalorian being the first sort of space Western. No, Firefly was. They just did it really badly. <laughs> and Serenity was the movie that they made to complete the TV show. Another example, I don't know if you ever watched Deadwood. Did not. Deadwood had several seasons. I think I can't remember if it was two or three, but it just got unceremoniously canceled, not even through like the complete story of the season. So it comes to like an abrupt and completely unsatisfying ending because it was canceled. It was because some shows when they get canceled, they're like, okay, we're canceling you, but throw a couple of episodes together or at least one episode together to finish trying to tell whatever the hell you were trying to tell. Deadwood just got screwed and just got canceled. So the Deadwood movie, which came out years later, does finish the story and gives the show a more satisfying conclusion. It would be kind of confusing to watch the Deadwood movie if you've never seen the Deadwood TV show. Not impossible, but it would be a little confusing. All right. I'll keep that in mind when I never watch it. Yeah, and again, and that's one of those weird things. It's like, I don't know if it would be worth watching. They are both good. Both Deadwood the TV show and, and Deadwood the movie are good, and I do like that entire franchise. I think it set a record for most swear words ever used in a single TV series. So not that that's a reason to watch it, but it was a good show. There's a lot of good shows that were out when I just didn't have access to TV because, you know, I couldn't afford cable and a lot of the places that I lived, I couldn't get channels in. It really, it was just what DVDs do I have and watch those. And Deadwood is a, was an HBO show, so that's another category of things that not everybody would have access to because it was paid cable. Yeah. The other, maybe one of the best, one of my favorite examples of both is Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah, I love Cobra Kai. A television series which continues the story of a film franchise. It lays heavily into the nostalgia of, as some people have joked, it's like, hey, have you never seen the Karate Kid movies? They'll show you practically every scene. And <laughs> 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 the flashbacks that they do. I really enjoy Cobra Kai. I think it's really well done. It's been three seasons so far and apparently more are coming. Not all of the movies were great, but I enjoyed the film franchise. Yeah. The television series is a good continuation of that. This series does a good job of acknowledging and 
building off of the old story while also telling an entirely new story. Yes. A lot of examples of something like this don't do that well enough. Right. It's actually an example of like, I mean, I don't really count it as part of it, but at one point they rebooted or tried to reboot the film franchise and try to make, I think it was Jackie Chan and one of Will Smith's kids. Yeah. Jaden. Yeah. I think it was just called Karate Kid. It's got rebooted. Yep. Yeah, because the new Karate Kid was... Uh, Hillary Swank, but that was still at least Pat Morita. Yeah. It was set in the same sort of universe because they referenced Daniel, so it wasn't... Some people Some people have been joking, will Hillary Swank eventually show up on Cobra Kai? The actress has joked that she would like to come kick daniel sons ass just to prove that she's the better <laughs> Karate Kid. But the other Karate Kid with Jackie Chan, that's an example of remaking it, and that's ignored. <laughs> Yeah, that could have been good. It just wasn't. Agreed. But this is literally a continuation because it's the, the character is now older. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it is a true continuation and it does rely a lot on nostalgia, but it also goes off and, and tells its own story. So earlier off the top, I had mentioned some examples of a, a TV show that picked up the movie and then changed it and expanded the story to the point where I prefer only the TV show and not the movie. Cobra Kai is an example where I like both, and it actually all works together as one combined franchise. Yeah. I guess the last few examples that I had are, and, and, and this happened a little bit of a trend, which started and then stopped, and I, I don't know if it would be something that should continue, but there have been a few TV shows that made some made-for-TV movies after they were already off the air. So Psych popped into my head because I liked the Psych TV show. And then they made a few made-for-TV movies. Not all of them were good, <laughs> but it continued the story. So it's the same characters, you know, just after the end of the series finale. And then Veronica Mars is actually an interesting example of a blended thing because Veronica Mars was a TV show. They was like, hey... Let's bring that character back. And they raised money to make a movie. And then the movie was popular enough that they decided to bring back the TV show <laughs> for another season. Yeah, that's... I don't think I've finished it quite yet. I need to go back and figure out where I was at on that. That's actually a good... Veronica Mars is a good example of... There's a formula to the episodes. You know what's going to happen. But I was still interested in enough to actually watch it. Right. And the movie is sort of... There's a formula, and they just took that formula into basically an expanded episode. Yeah. But the movie also does the other thing that's too, too, is that instead of doing a remake or a reboot with different characters, it's the same actors. Yeah. They're obviously older because it's been years since they made the show, but they incorporated that into the story. Right. And they used the, the longer form to actually explain kind of what had happened in between. Exactly. So you could argue, would it have been better if the series just kept going and we saw them get older? But the movie did a good enough job of seeing them older. Characters are in a different part in their lives, and then we see that story. Yeah. And then, again, I don't know if there have been many other examples. Well, then they turned around and made another season of a television series after that. Usually, once they start making movies, they just keep going. I mean, COVID screwed everything up, so I don't know if there's going to be more than one season. But they did come back and make one more season of Veronica Mars. Yeah. Well, and we've also got a trend right now for nostalgia's sake of old TV series coming back and starting again with the same characters, but telling a new story like uh, Full House. And now you've got Fuller House, which is, you know, the 
who were the kids in Full House are now the adults with their kids. And then Saved by the Bell has done that as well, where the kids are now the faculty in the new series. So they're continuing, but different, but the same. And is that better than simply of like making a couple of one-off movies? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, here's the thing is those of us that are going to watch these series were fans of the series when we were kids when we thought it was good. But then when you try to watch the same thing as an adult, now you realize it was terrible. So the new series are also terrible, but they're terrible the exact same way the old series was terrible. Yeah, that's tricky. Because, like, again, it goes back to, like, the old TV shows. Like, again, The Dukes of Hazzard was not a great show, but they just made a movie out of it. But, yeah, if they made a TV series out of it, it would probably be bad because, in retrospect, the original show wasn't very good either. Yeah. So one last thing just to close on, kind of skipped over it, I didn't include it in my outline, is the streaming debate of week-to-week versus binging them all at once. Coming back around to WandaVision, I think has been better being week-to-week as opposed to dropping all the episodes at once and letting people binge it. Yeah. It draws out the conversation. Yeah. It builds up the mystery. But at the same time, it's less, I don't know, actually, if it's less satisfying. I'm a binge watcher because I want to know the whole story, but I don't know if it'd be as impactful. It might not be as impactful. It would also be much more susceptible to spoilers. A lot of people have been getting upset about WandaVision being spoiled, even on the week-to-week thing that people have been dropping details immediately on social media after they see the episode. Yeah. If the entire season was available all at once, then I could see people dropping boilers that happened in like episode four or five before people even started watching the show, which would suck. Yeah. But on the other hand, too, I guess I I prefer to bench for, for that reason, but also the speculation side of things. Whereas week to week right now, I'm subject to, I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. Which both builds my expectations, only I know I'm going to end up disappointed, but also kind of ruins like, oh, if they do that, then I'm already going to know that they were going to do that, and that ruins the surprise. It ruins the excitement of watching it. So that's another reason why I, I like to binge. Like when something like this, like when the Netflix shows came out, I would set aside time to binge it right when it came out so that I wouldn't get those spoilers. It's tough. When you don't want spoilers, it's tough. And you had raised one point earlier, not in the podcast, but one time we were talking, you said that the pandemic could be in part to blame for this, that people being more isolated don't have, can't get together with friends and talk about stuff. And they're basically only outlet to have those conversations is to go on social media. Yeah. And then they're spoiling stuff because that's who they have to talk to. Right. Because it's not a communal watching experience as it might have been in the past before the pandemic. But I guess just to close on, on WandaVision, it is a good example, I think, of this movies versus TV and how it maybe there are times when it works well together. I would have been looking forward to it anyway. But WandaVision is really helping to set up the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. So movies like the next Doctor Strange movie, maybe the next Ant-Man movie, maybe the next Spider-Man movie, 
But definitely Doctor Strange is probably being set up by what's going on in WandaVision. Right. Especially in the age of the pandemic where the gap in between movies is widening, both because of productions being shut down, but also companies not wanting to put their completed films out because they can't put it in a movie theater yet, has dragged out the time in between movies. So having TV shows... To fill that gap, which again, WandaVision was already planned and already done. So it's not like you can just start doing it. It still has all of the same COVID restrictions that movies would have. But it would have been really painful not to have a couple of Marvel TV shows this year to help fill the gap before we get the next movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, for me, I think, again, trying to kind of wrap things up here. There's two different types of storytelling for me when it comes to visual things. There's episodic TV And then there's a larger story. And within the larger story, how big is that story? Can it be summed up in a movie or should we make it a series? And I think with any of that, they have to know the type of story they're going to tell and what needs to be in it. Then they need to decide what way to actually format it. Episodic, series, or movie. I agree. And I think where sometimes they fail is they just don't know where they should be when they start making it. Yeah, I would say that the vast majority right now, unfortunately, of the content that goes into TV shows and movies is kind of like exploratory research. Yeah. Where they're basically like, we're not really sure where this is going to go. Let's put this out and see what happens. And again, the movie needs to be a bit more structured. Uh, even if it's part of, of a film franchise, it has to try at least be a little bit more self-contained. But a lot of television right now just seems to be very too open-ended. Yeah. Either because they don't have a vision for what they want to do, or they just don't want to commit to a vision of what they want to do. Yeah, I think right now we're in an interesting time and place where they're figuring all that out. Because I think in the past... They've been constrained. They, television series didn't really make a whole lot of money. So they would come up with something and they would try to force it as a movie. And I think that was a, an issue a lot of times. Or they would come up with with an idea that would make a really good movie, but they couldn't get the funding for the movie. So they were kind of forced to make it a TV series. And I, I think now we're in an interesting place where it's opening up to where they can do whatever they want to do. And I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes. And then the other aspect of that, too, is the social media effect as well. And the more immediate fan feedback. Yeah. In years gone by, when I was a kid, would have been done with focus groups, which were not better, but was more restrictive. But nowadays, it's like they can get almost instantaneous feedback, like we've talked about in the past, that had it have had some effect on the Star Wars sequel trilogy, to what extent? I mean, the negative feedback... Or the split feedback on The Last Jedi had to have had influenced the decisions of what happened creatively with The Rise of Skywalker, where in the past that would not have factored into the equation, or not at least factored into the equation as quickly. Well, there's also the convenience factor of it, of before social media, if you were either really, really loved something or really, really hated something, you had to be so passionate about it that you actually got a paper and pencil out and wrote a letter folded it up, put it in an envelope, figured out who to mail it to, and physically mail it to that person. Whereas now you can just pull up your phone, write something you only half mean, send it on, and everybody sees it. 
True. And then everybody's also going off like, oh, I read, I've seen a bunch of people think this, so maybe I'm supposed to think that too. And some people that may have had one opinion, that opinion changes because they're seeing other people's opinions, whereas that wouldn't have really happened in the past. Agreed. So social media sucks and everybody should stop. (laughs) Social media sucks, everybody should stop, and you should watch what you want to watch, whether that's TV or a movie. Watch what you want to watch, enjoy it however you want to watch it. Yeah, and like I said, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Streaming services are changing the game completely. Whether or not the pandemic's lasting effect, this whole movie's dropping on streaming services briefly before they get into a theater. And who knows if it will be something that they'll continue even after movie theaters are a thing again, that there'll be some limited releases on streaming services. So you have that as an opportunity, an alternate way of watching some stuff. Because I know that there are some things where... I don't know. I don't like going to the movie theater. Forget about the pandemic. I've never been a huge fan of going to the movie theater anyway. (laughs) Actually, same. So things I can watch at home on my TV screen are a plus for me. So The only benefit to the movie theater is the popcorn. Otherwise, I actually hate going to the movie theater, but I go all the time because I need to go see it before there's spoilers. Really? You don't think that there's any cinematic effect to seeing on the big screen? For me, there's not. I know a lot of people like it for the social aspect. You know, everybody gasping together or whatever. I hate that. I'm like, shut up! Everybody shut up! I'm trying to watch the movie! (laughs) Well, that might have to be a whole other episode about whether or not, because there there have been some (laughs) movies that people have claimed that you really, like, I hear this a lot. The whole, you really needed to see this on the big screen. Really? See, but I, I set up my living room to be the big screen. Yeah, you have a much nicer setup than maybe other people might have. And so, I mean, I guess that, and I do that because I prefer to watch it at home. Like, I, I'm even so bad about it. Like, I hear a car door outside. I'm like, shut up! <laughs> Watching something here. As opposed to the people that I do not understand, people who watch stuff on their phones. How can you watch something on a screen that small? I mean, I could do it like if I'm if I've got a long commute or something like that, or I'm taking a road trip. Yeah, I'll watch something on my phone just because I don't really have much for options. I'm not going to watch something new, probably. Or if it's if it's something that's just people walking or just people talking. (laughs) Sure. Watch that on my phone. You would like a version of the Lord of the Rings where the camera (laughs) is like pointing at like out of frame. And you can't see anything that's happening even when something is happening. (laughs) Watch that on your phone and you'll enjoy it just as little. Well, I mean, that to me, I guess that goes into the same reason I like podcasts. Something that I can pay attention to while I'm doing other things. Those types of TV shows or movies or whatever would be what I would watch on my phone. Where I don't necessarily have to be looking at details. Understood. Yep. The end. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. 
You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater. <laughs>